This the remix. I think I have to uh, stick to my gut after all the information is collected, after everything is in. Um, and when you make decisions, you got to make them from, uh, you know, you have to take everything into account. You have to take all the coaches' opinions. You have to take all of the scouts' opinions. John and I sit down together and grind it together to come to a consensus. But at the end of the day, uh, the best way I feel good about myself is when I know that I feel good about that kid from A to Z. And if I make a mistake, it's for the right reasons. Shove it in. Uh, I mean, we, we've got a guy named Jared Jones-Smith who we signed off the street last week who we, we think is a chance to be a really good football player. Come on! You know, I, again, I, I'm probably not going to get into too many specifics about what we're going to do next week. On um, All I can tell you is from my relationship with John is the two things I love about John Gruden and respect the most is he's got an incredible passion for the game of football and a work ethic that I've never seen. Those two things I respect as much as I can respect anything, and I just try to, to match his passion and work ethic. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Jared Jones-Smith, going to be an all-pro right tackle this year for the Raiders. Um, all right, we've got a tweet from Ian Rappaport this morning about the Raiders and Mike Mayock and what he's been grinding this offseason. Apparently, it's been quarterbacks. So, Ian how, Rappaport— how much, is, how much does Mayock like to say grinding? With he does like—he does it. He oh, does, he absolutely. It. it might be their favorite word between the two of yeah. them. So, Ian Rappaport tweeted, It seems like a yearly ritual— but once again, the Raiders did extensive work on all the top quarterbacks, I'm told. If one slides past number 10, they could be a team to watch to grab a quarterback and stash for the future. Doubtful that a QB gets to number 17, which is where the Raiders are picking, but they will have their homework ready. All right, so let, let's start off with the first part of Ian Rappaport's tweet, which is it seems like a yearly ritual. Why? Why every year are the Raiders attached to a quarterback? Like, why is it every single draft, regardless of what Derek Carr just did, the Raiders somehow get attached to, uh-oh, they might draft a quarterback in the first round? Well, it's one of two things. Either, and I don't know if it's this one, that they truly don't believe in Carr as much as they like to say they do, or it's just Gruden's infatuation with the position. So either they privately say, we know he's good, we know he can win games. Can he, though, take us to the Super Bowl? Like, obviously, that's every team's goal. And maybe they're saying, no, he can't. We have to keep looking. Or, again, Gruden is just so obsessed with offense and so obsessed with quarterbacks. No matter what he has on his team, you and I both know he watches film of every quarterback in every draft just because he loves the spot. And, I, I, I mean, it's one of those two things. I don't know which one it is, but it has to be one of those two that they continue each year to look at quarterbacks. It's it's interesting because in Gruden's past, he's almost never drafted a quarterback early. Like it's something he he didn't do with Tampa Bay. He didn't do it very much uh, with the Raiders. Like he is more of the guy that goes and finds the veteran quarterback and brings him in, which is what he did with Marcus Mariota. Not that Nathan Peterman's a veteran, but a guy who was in the league and is his little project. Like he doesn't. It, John Gruden's infatuation with the position it certainly exists. That's why Peterman's on the roster. But it, it, it always manifests its way in signing veterans and never really in drafting guys. So 
I get the infatuation of John Gruden, but I, it's never been about the draft for him. It's always been about, you know, oh, we're going to sign Marcus Mariota. Maybe he can be something. We're going to sign Nathan Peterman. Maybe he can be something. But I think what it, what it I think ultimately what it comes down to, the Raiders don't win. They, they haven't won. And until they actually make the playoffs and do something substantial, there's no reason to think Derek Carr should be safe. And because no. they never win, it's okay. Can you upgrade at the quarterback position? And, and maybe they will. Now, to put into that, Mike Mayock was apparently, according to Ian Rappaport, at every top quarterback's pro day this year. So Mike Mayock went and watched these top quarterbacks that are going to get drafted well before 17. So if you're the GM of a team that most people would say, oh, they have their quarterback in Derek Carr, why are you showing up to Trey Lance or Justin Fields pro day? Okay, maybe they are actually interested in something. Yes. Yeah, that was the – well, there are many interesting things about the tweet. That was one of the more interesting ones. Now – I'm not going to pretend to know at every one of those pro days who else was there working out. It, and I don't think it's everyone, but there's certainly a chance. Uh, well, come on. Obviously, he was at Trevor Lawrence's. It's Clemson. There's probably 30 guys in that team. <laughs> uh, so it could have been he was at some of them because they're looking at other guys because the quarterback isn't the only one who does things on pro days, even though they're the main one, obviously, especially these first-rounders. But it's an interesting point of why he would be at each of these, you know, quarterback. Let's take, I get Ohio State and Clemson. Okay, they probably have a lot of guys. You were at Trey Lance's pro day? Like, that's the one we were like, nothing against where he went to school, but how many guys in that team are you really considering? Like, that's an interesting one. Were you really at that one? You know, you were at Zach Wilson's pro day? Like, maybe BYU has some guys, but if he was at every one, I think that's really interesting because I think you'd be taking your time, and maybe he did this anyway, going to every pro day of free safeties <laughs> like you know there's a free safety pro day we better be there there's an offensive lineman you know pro day we better be there so that was to me that was the most interesting part not the fact they look at quarterbacks every year i don't know it's just kind of what they do i guess but if he went to every pro day of like those top guys i think that's pretty interesting i think it's worth a question being asked like why would you be so interested Hey. So, oh, oh, go ahead, Jerry. Oh, okay, I was just you've, tried, you've tried to talk for like seven minutes, so go ahead. No, no, it's just my question was: Does John Gruden's infatuation with quarterbacks remind you? And maybe you guys don't have this friend, but your married friend who won't stop flirting with the waitress. <laughs> yes, that could be it. That could be it. It's like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? And it's just like, ah, just having some fun. <laughs> wow. Does that make Nathan Peterman the waitress or Marcus Mariota the waitress? Exactly. So yeah. let's let's just take this and assume there it could actually happen. The Rangers could actually draft a quarterback. I'm I'm struggling to figure out how because the tweet Ian Rappaport said if one slides past number ten, but the Rangers don't pick till seventeen. So, like, would that mean the Raiders yeah, they would be willing, come up. They gotta come up. Would, that they'd be willing yeah. to move up to 11 or 12 if, whatever, Fields is there or Trey Lance is there or maybe Mac Jones falls? Like, if one of those three falls to 11, are they trading up from 17 to get a quarterback? And I, I know the Raiders do weird stuff during the draft. I find it hard to believe you'd trade up for a quarterback to then sit him behind Derek Carr. Well, that I guess that's the, I guess that's the big question. And Rappaport makes it seem like, and what do you say, stash someone, or he just makes yeah. it seem like they're getting the guy of the future, so he'll stay behind guys. So I'm just looking at 
I'm looking at the draft right now, and I'm looking at teams from like 11 to 16, the Giants, the Eagles, the Chargers, Minnesota, New England, Indianapolis. I mean, Dallas at 10, Miami at 9. I, who would move off that, and what would you have to give them? So you know, Jared asked in, in a break, you know, would Carr be involved? Well, I'm looking at those other teams, and as good as Carr has been, they're kind of set. So, I mean, to get up to, let's say, the 9-10 range, are we talking two ones? I, I, I mean, you. I guess you can throw Derek Carr in there, but I'm just saying, if I'm the other team taking the got taking the the pick, like Miami or Dallas, I mean, maybe Miami would too. But Dallas has their guy. The Giants have their guy. Like, I don't know if Derek Carr is involved here. You know what I mean? It's like, who wants him for what they have? I'd rather have. I'd have rather have multiple number one picks. Yeah, and I think that's what it would be, and and that you would like those teams. You wouldn't be able to trade Carr to if you're trading Carr. You're trading Carr to a team that needs a quarterback. You're trading yeah. Carr to, you know, the, the mean, 49ers apparently think they need a quarterback or the Jets or something like that. So it wouldn't make sense to trade Carr to Miami, who's sitting no. there with expecting Tua to be the future. Like, that would be stupid for Miami to do that. So it would be picks you have to give up. And, again, yes. you're going to give up picks. You're going to move up in the draft to take a quarterback and then sit him behind Carr. I don't even like taking a quarterback without trading up and then sitting him. Like, if you take a quarterback in the first round, I think you should be playing him well, in that's year the point. one. Yeah. But yeah. especially if you're going to trade up and do it, you got to start that guy right away. But you have Derek Carr, and it's not like Carr is super expensive. And after the draft, presumably everybody's going to have their quarterback in place. I mean, I guess somebody like the Bears would be interested in a Derek Carr because he's better than Andy Dalton. But I just, it, yeah, it, I, to me, this it doesn't make sense. Like this, the idea of the Raiders taking quarterback, it, it doesn't make sense for them to do it in the first round. And I know they do things that don't make sense a lot in the draft, but this just, I can't figure out the logic that would lead to them trading up to take a quarterback yeah. or. He, even if one fell to them at 17, I guess that makes more sense. But even then, it's like, okay, you need a right tackle and you need six new starters on defense. You're going to take Trey Lance and sit him yeah. behind Derek Carr? Like, uh, you're not really helping no. yourself make the playoffs next year. No, and you put it best. If you get take guy in the first round, you have to play him. And if you and here's the thing. I guess people could say, okay, you take a quarterback and you move Carr after the draft, like you said, but usually you're set of quarterbacks. But he's a really good quarterback, so I'm sure there are teams out there saying, well, we have our starter, but now he's available, so you know we'll go with him because he's you know top 10, top 12 quarterback in the league. But as nonsensical as they can be, Cleveland Furl at four, um, and Damon Arnett where they got him, even though you know people say, well, Furl's been better and all that. I get that. I think this would be beyond even bizarre for them. You know what I mean? I, like, I think it would be they're bizarre, and they do things nobody thinks they're going to do, but this, to me, would make no sense with your – I'll tell you what. They take a quarterback at 17, Gus Bradley's resigning the next day. <laughs> I mean, if they take a quarterback at 17, that it's one thing about a right tackle. You can kind of talk Gus Bradley in to say, hey, that's a really gaping hole. we got to protect our $20 million quarterback. They take a quarterback over someone that Gus Bradley needs. It won't be good. I, I think they stay at seventeen, and I, I think they take maybe an offensive tackle. I, I cannot believe they're going to take a quarterback. Yeah, like to me, it would make more sense if they drafted like Kellen Mond from Texas A and M in the second or third round, or what sure. Kyle Trask from Florida, or something like that, where you're in year, you're, you're in excuse me, round two or three, and you start taking a quarterback instead. 
that makes a lot more sense to me than taking one in the first round. Even though, to me, that still doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you have way bigger issues than your backup quarterback position. But that, to me, would make more sense. Where, oh, it's the third round and we, we're really in love with Kellen Mond, so let's go get Kellen Mond yeah. to potentially be the quarterback future. But even still, what are you doing with Marcus Mariota? Because he's got a no-trade clause. Like, he's got to agree to wherever you're trading him. So even if you do that, it's it's still... I don't know. Like, as much as we do sports radio and I want them to take quarterbacks so we have plenty to talk about, I just can't see it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, is it a chance? I don't know. I mean, you know, the cap and all that. I'd have to think about it. You get a quarterback, I don't know, third or fourth round. You only have to deal with Mariota for one more year, right? I'm trying to think of his deal. I think, it. you know, he's one more year. I don't know his deal off the top of my head. I mean, Peter only Peterman only makes a million, and he, besides the love fest they supposedly have with him, for some reason they keep signing for a million dollars. Could you see them, you know, taking a quarterback in the third and fourth round and just rolling with them and tee off the books with Mariota next year? You could, but he, but then you're you got three, you got four quarterbacks. You, you they gave yeah, Peterman a guarantee. They gave Peterman a guaranteed million. Marcus Mariota has a no trade clause. Like, what's this rookie doing? He's not even your number two in his first year. It's I don't know. Seems a little stupid even to do that, but. I hope they do. I hope they take the quarterback because it'll be a lot more fun to do radio than if they take a right tackle in the first round. All right, coming up next, we will get into Bischoff's briefs and take a look at Matthias Janmark and how maybe he could make a big difference in the playoffs for the gold or for the Golden Knights. Bischoff's briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's briefs. Read my butt! The Golden Knights actually have a little bit of time off. They play on Saturday and then not again till Wednesday. So multiple days off around the same game is something they haven't experienced, I don't think, the entire season. They have been playing uh, nonstop uh, this year. So we are going to look, though, at what we've seen in the last couple of games because Riley Smith has been out with an injury. And as a result, the Golden Knights don't have their right winger for their second line. Matthias Janmark, who was just acquired at the trade deadline, got to play on that second line with William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault. And in the last game, Janmark scored his first goal with Vegas. It was an empty netter. But Jonathan Marchessault also scored two goals in that game. And it raises an interesting question of, can the Golden Knights keep Matthias Janmark on that line when Riley Smith comes back and move Riley Smith down to the third line? So if you look so far this season, um, the Riley Smith, Jonathan Marshall, and William Carlson line have underperformed. Um, like if we're, if we're looking just at goal scoring this year, uh, Jonathan Marshall is on pace to score 20 goals if it was an 82-game season. William Carlson is at that same pace of 20, and Riley Smith would be on a 17-game pace. And if you look at the Golden Knights in this line, this has been the most consistent part about the team since they started, was these three players playing together. In year one, those three combined, their 82-game pace would have been 99 goals. In year two, it dropped off to 70. In year three, it was 78. And this year, it's 57. 
Like, that's a big drop-off in goal scoring for the Golden Knights' second-best line. They're not producing at the same per-game rate that they have been in the first three years. And that's where Matthias Janmark is interesting. Because, it obviously, it's a small sample size. But he scored an empty net goal, and Jonathan Marcheseau scored twice in the full game that Matthias Janmark played on that second line. Right. If that's something that can continue, if that's something that that second line can suddenly start doing better with Matthias Janmark there, then you absolutely should keep him there because they, they're going to need that second line to score. What this Golden Knights team has been this year, they've gotten production from the second line, but nothing great. They've been carried by Pacioretty and Stone producing an absurd number of goals, and then they've gotten some big performances from like a Tomasz Nosek and an Alex Tuck, guys on that third line or even fourth line with Nosek, where those guys have had some good, or good stretches this year where they've scored a lot of goals. That's how they've scored this year. They haven't gotten much from that second line. When you get to the playoffs – they're going to need at least two lines that are reliable in scoring, at least two lines that, okay, if Pacioretty and Stone get shut down by some other team's top defensive pair or something, that Carlson, Marchessault, and Smith are able to score against the second pairing of another team. They're going to need that, and those three haven't been good enough this year at the goal-scoring part of this. Their analytics are okay. They're fine. They're nothing special. But the analytics of Marchessault, Carlson, and Smith have been fine this year. But it really comes down to, are they scoring goals? And they haven't been doing enough of that. So if Matthias Janmark can change that, if Matthias Janmark makes them a better goal-scoring line, then he should absolutely stay there. And you put Riley Smith on the third line, and maybe, you know, that'd be, now you got Riley Smith and Alex Tuck on the third line together. One of them's got to play an off wing on left wing, but they can figure that out. That's no big deal. But maybe that's a good third line that can actually produce for you too, even though, Riley Smith hasn't had a great season goal scoring. Moving him down doesn't really translate to more goals, but maybe you can actually have a productive third line with those two there. So I think it's interesting. It's an injury that allows you to move your lines around and see what Matthias Janmark looks like on that second line. It's it's worthwhile exploring it over these last few games, especially because you got a playoff spot already clinched. You're going to be one of the top two seeds in this division. It's worth exploring some line combinations once you get to the so that you don't have to do it once you get to the playoffs to see who might work better in what spots. Have we seen the best of Riley Smith? So Riley Smith is fascinating because every other year he will score 20 plus goals and in the odd years in between there he will score like 11 or 12. And it's fascinating because he's done this like for a long time now since before he came to Vegas since he's been in Vegas. I don't think so. Like his his underlying analytics are still solid. They're not great by any means, but they're still solid. They're they're still similar to what they've put up in the past. They're they're just not scoring. Like they're just not finishing this year. And it I, I don't think there's too much to be worried about long term with Riley Smith. Okay, so I mean I I agree with everything you're saying. It would be interesting to see how he responded. Uh, that line's been together for so long since this since this expansion, you know, franchise began. Uh, and sometimes, like you said, they've been very good and not. I'd assume he'd respond in the right way. Again, it's different. In, I think it's different in hockey sometimes with lines. And obviously, some lines play more minutes. Uh, the fourth line usually doesn't get as much ice time. I get that. But as as good as Tuck is, I don't know it'd be a huge difference for Riley Smith. And I assume he'd respond with the right way. I mean, wh- why wouldn't you? I don't, you know, I, who knows if his ice time would be cut or whatever. But, you know, you're playing with a really good player in Tuck now also. I don't know how the line would gel, gel, but I would assume he'd be okay with it. Yeah, I don't I don't think he would care too much. Riley Smith doesn't come off as the guy that would be upset that he's now playing on the third line 
um, especially with Alex Tuck down there. It's not like he'd be getting put on the third line and it's right. Cody Eakin dragging him down. So, like, I, I think he'd be, I think he'd be perfectly fine moving down there. What is what's maybe more interesting is the long term picture for the Golden Knights at right wing because obviously Mark Stone's under contract for the rest of eternity on his deal at right wing. But Riley Smith only has this year and then next season left. So he'll be going into a contract season next year. He'll be 31 years old. It'll be interesting to see if they want to keep Riley Smith around for a few more years or if that's the time when, okay, Alex Tuck, now you're the second best right winger on this team behind Mark Stone. You're going to get consistent second-line minutes for the net for the foreseeable future. I, I'm curious what they do with Riley Smith in a couple of years because Alex Tuck is sitting there waiting potentially to take his spot. Well, and I look, he's, it's been a short sample size, although they know the player, they wouldn't have moved on it. Um, we'll see what happens to playoffs. But I believe Matty Ice Janmark is in a is in a contract year. I mean, do you expect at this point, you, more so or not, that they that they sign him? Well, what was the the report was the NHL is not going to have a, the salary cap is going to stay the same next year. Right for the NHL, so I don't think they'll be able to afford him. Like Unless they, they like, moved on from others. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. If they move on from other people, but like, like he's only costing them like what is it, half a million against the yeah. salary cap right now? Yeah, someone because else they, it up. yeah, because yeah, they moved his salary through two different teams to retain some salary. But I like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to afford him because I think like they're they're up against the cap right now. If the cap doesn't go up, they're going to be up against the cap again. Like they're free agents next year. Are Tomas Nosek, who makes one point two million, Matthias uh, Janmark, who cost them half a million, and then Alec Martinez, who cost them five or, or four million, excuse me. So they really only have about five, mm. almost six million dollars that's going to come off the books next year. And obviously, if you let those guys walk, you got to replace them with somebody. So they they might not have the the space to sign Matthias Janmark. It might truly be a rental where, yep, you you traded for him, he plays for you for half a season in the playoffs, and then. It's so long, Matthias Janmark, because you you simply can't afford him. And listen, that's where like a Cody Glass is super important, right? That's where those guys who who are still on their entry level contracts, a Peyton Krebs, even I don't know if he'll be ready next year, but guys that are making eight hundred thousand dollars, nine hundred thousand dollars. Dylan Sakura played last game. I think he's at seven fifty right now. That's where guys like that are important because you're going to need production from guys that don't make a lot of money. Like Nick Waugh has been good because he doesn't make a million dollars and he's been productive for the Golden Knights for the last year and a half. They need that from somebody because when you're up against the cap, you got to fill in holes with cheap guys and you need those cheap yeah. guys to actually produce. You know what's going to be really interesting? I didn't know this. I'm glad you said this. I didn't know Martinez was up. You know, when Petrangelo was out, and maybe even now, he's been one of, if on a lot of nights, one of if they're not best defensemen. But they also are, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, uh, they have defensemen, whether it's the Silver Knights or young ones they have now, who they continue to say how you know how you know uh, positive they are about them and uh, about their futures. I mean, is it easy to say they'd move on from Martinez at five million a year? Yeah, it's it depends. Like White Zach Whitecloud's been really good and been a surprise, yeah. but like have Nick, have Nick Hague and Dylan Coughlin been good enough? Because Alec yeah. Martinez the entire season has played with either Shea Theodore or Alex Petrangelo. Like you're it's talking true. about. Yeah. Can you put Nick Haig with one of the two best defensemen on the team and play him 28 minutes, 30 minutes in a playoff game? And I don't know that Nick Haig has been good enough to do that yet. So maybe Zach Whitecloud has. Whitecloud's been much better. So that's that's sort of the concern. They have young defensemen. They've got guys that you would say, yeah, absolutely, he can play in the NHL. But if you lose Martinez, 
You're losing a guy that plays with Petrangelo, with Theodore, a ton of minutes every single that night. That's good. That's a, yeah, that's a big load to put on Nick Haig, who hasn't really shown he's that good just yet. All right, coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show. She is a used Honda Civic, hates 50% of her dogs, and will never get engaged. Time to mock Raiders.com's Cassie Soto on the press box. Cassie, who is Jared Jones Smith? What? Are you talking? I was just sitting oh, here for the song. No, Why do we bring her no, on? What are we I don't know. Right Why now? are you retweeting the rundown at 932 when we, you know we're calling you? Get ready for this, man. We're not just jumping you in to be nonsense. Be prepared. I've been working really hard today, okay? I haven't checked Twitter. My bad. <laughs> what have you been working hard on? Your Wi-Fi is still down? Our, uh, yeah, I have to make up for all the work I lost yesterday. Thanks, Cox Communications. Um, uh, the Dr- Vegas Nation draft preview show. Some good stuff here, Ed. Your, your package in here. You at Allegiant Stadium. It looks great. Um, I'm, I'm beautiful. Let's get back to the here. Yeah, let's get back to the important question that Tyler asked you before you ignored the question. Who oh my is Jared Jones Smith? And why doesn't he appear on Raiders.com whenever I look yeah, him up? Yeah, who's Jared Jones Smith? Why haven't you written a feature on him? Jared Jones. Is that who they drafted in a sneaky <laughs> draft pick <laughs> off the street? Is that who, is that who <laughs> was talking about? Is that what we're referencing? Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Yes. Did you not expect me to know that answer? Well, nobody else knows yeah. who it is, so no. <laughs> Jared Jones. I don't, know, I don't know who he is, but apparently Mayock likes him. He's not real. He's not a real person. We don't think maybe, he exists. <laughs> maybe he's got a really big bubble butt, so that's why. It's, oh, that's like, a good oh. point. Now, hold on. Don't you start previewing All my right. column for Monday's paper on the best bubble butts in the draft. I, I'm, okay. I'll Google it. <laughs> All right. Jared, get uh, the bubble butt, Jared. Do it. Do it. No, oh, no, he's have... Googling to find out if he has a bubble butt. Jared's going to go deep into the research here on Google image search. Um, so, Cassie, more important question. Why on earth did you track down the people that got engaged at T-Mobile Arena this week? Okay, funny story. So, we were like four sections away from them, and I was with my little sister. My little sister is like the biggest hype man. So she, like, will convince me to do things that I don't, wouldn't do. So she's like, you should go talk to them. You should, you should go get them because she knows I always get made fun of. Or our, uh, our brand, right, is in arena proposals. <laughs> so she was like, you should go talk to them. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go over there. And plus the, um, the ushers are yell at me because you're supposed to be, like, in your pod or whatever. And so then we, we're watching them, and they start heading up the stairs. And she was like, they're going to the concourse. We have to go. Let's go. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So we ran up the stairs, and sure enough, we found them. They were, she was taking her ring selfies by the concession stand. Lovely. You know, of course, had to do it. And I saw them. I was like, hi, um, this might be weird, but I'm Cassie with the Las Vegas Review Journal, and I love in-arena proposals. Can I take a picture of you guys? And they were oh, so excited you- to do it. So, oh, you yeah. dropped the you dropped the I'm with the Las Vegas Review uh, Journal line. Do you oh. know who I, I am? So yeah. You, so oh. you lied. You yeah. didn't say I'm with Raiders.com. Yeah. Can You're you right. stop embarrassing yeah. the newspaper and say what your real job is, please? Oops. <laughs> You're right. So, that's where, that's where I went wrong here. 
<laughs> so you didn't uh, you didn't tell them that you were desperate to get an in arena proposal and you were very jealous. I didn't. I I left that detail out. Man, I don't know if I. What, okay, I I got another question. She's taking selfies with the ring by the concession stand. Like, do we have like a hot dog in the background <laughs> here? What's happening? Yeah, they were just like on the concourse by the concessions taking pictures. Uh, so I was like, I think, all right, that's cool. Tyler, you know why? You know how terrible this is right now, Tyler. I'm telling you, by her saying that. These poor people have been scouring the newspaper ever since for their picture. Oh, of course they have. Oh, they, they've gotten the paper every day looking through every page. Oh, no, she said she's from the Review Journal. She's going to put our picture in. Little did they know she was a lunatic just asking for a picture that's never going to go anywhere. Cece and Danny, it's on my Twitter account if you want the picture. Oh, oh on the Twitter account. <laughs> they want to be in the paper, Cassie. Yes. You uh, misled and you know these the poor people. Actually kind of cute. Yes. It has like the welcome to Las Vegas sign. Uh, yeah, this is actually kind it's of not the same. I just came back to look at it. I can't no, believe you same. misled these people so yes. badly, Cassie. Yes. So badly. At least you probably sold a few papers of them going out <laughs> trying to buy one. <laughs> well, it's not like I interviewed them or anything. If I had interviewed them, then I would have been like, hey, this is actually just for my. Um, yeah, but people don't understand that. When you leave on when, Twitter. No, when you lead the conversation with I'm from the Las Vegas Review Journal, that's all they need to know. And you bring out and take their picture. They don't really understand like the process of like having a notebook and stuff. These people have been going through the paper for days now. <laughs> it's true. You know, my bad. Cassie, my bad. you probably should have interviewed them to find out what it takes to get one of those rings. Oh, that's right. good. Ask I should have been questions. like, so how long have you guys been dating? And Danny's like, he, he would have said, oh, you know, six months. I know she was the one. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I bought the ring the day I met her. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then, like, and then the greatest part, would they say, look at your finger and say, you got a boyfriend? Like, well, I have that. But uh, how long have you been together? Like, I don't know, 12 years and he still has a They It's it almost like it'd be a pity party at that point. How bad? They go back to their seats saying, oh, boy, we feel sorry for that one. The George W. Bush their... administration. <laughs> <laughs> you would have ruined UNLV their engagement. Head ago. Oh, gee, well, you know, Actually, that's only like that's only like a month ago. So <laughs> it's not a, not as long as you think it is. Oh, poor Cassie. Okay, so give me. You were there. You yeah. were there. You saw this in person. The arena is not anywhere close to full. I think it's like thirty five hundred people or something like that. So give me give me your impressions of an in arena proposal when the arena is not anywhere close to full. Once they left their section, unless the people were a lunatic like me, they had no idea who these people were. So I yeah, they they would not have gotten the recognition, um, as opposed to if it was eighteen thousand, I feel. But I don't know. Maybe it's not the best thing in the world, Tyler, after all. I mean, it's so not the best at 18,000. Like the two minutes I was talking to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the best at even 18,000. But at 3,000, no chance. Like, yeah. like, okay, do you have to pay to do this? Do you have to pay the Golden Knights to put this on the Jumbotron and propose? I think you do. I'm pretty sure you do. Do you think you got a discount because there were only 3,000 people there and not 18,000? That's an excellent question. Probably not. You got you, you have to, right? I mean the whole point of it is to do it in front of people. So if you got if you got like one third, one fifth of the people there, you gotta get a discount. Tyler think about all the money these billionaires have lost during the pandemic. You That's gotta right. triple charge them. That's right. They Tyler. probably charge them more. 
Tyler, they're charging seventy-five bucks for coasters at the uh, at the uh, store. I guarantee they're charging these people to be on the video board. Come on. Hey, okay. Hey. Also, can I can I admit? Um, I have to admit something that I did at this game. Um, oh boy. So did they, you propose? They, I guess they don't serve like soft serve soda anymore. Huh? Yeah, real soft weird. Serve. Like they're what? only bottles. Soft serve. What does that like, mean? Bottles. You mean like? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cassie, before you continue your story, what? did you mean to say like fountain drinks? Yes, she oh, did. I did. Soft Why the hell soft. did you say soft serve? <laughs> what is that? Did okay. In her defense, we do somehow get on the topic of ice cream with her quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Fountain drinks. They don't have fountain drinks at the um, confessions anymore for whatever reason. Well, anyways, I didn't know that and. Uh, I went to go buy um, some popcorn and and a Coke for my mom, and she likes putting it in a glass. Like, she doesn't like drinking it out of the bottle. So I I was out checking out, and I could have swore the lady put, like, one of those fancy Golden Knights, like the decal ones that you have to pay extra for. I could have swore she put it down next to the soda. So I grabbed it and started walking away, and I go down to where we're sitting, and my mom's about to pour the Coke into the the uh, the cup and she looks and she's like where did you get this cup from it's filthy and i looked at it oh, and we like inspected the cup and it had um um what is it called a sticker a lamb not a lamination um it had a name what do you call it like when you print out uh, letters what's that word called what <laughs> <laughs> anyway it said well she's cassie it. soto it, it said what it said, it said dirty on it so it was a dirty, we figured it out, it was a dirty pen's cup. Because you know how in COVID there's a clean cup and a dirty cup? So I took the dirty pen cup and tried to give my mother soda out of it. And um, I think she just took it home to wash it because it was a good cup. Were you trying to kill cup. your mother? Was this like trying I, to poison your mother? I think on accident. Has, she, has she been vaccinated? Happens. Has mom been vaccinated? Say? Yeah, she's fully back. Oh, yeah, she's fully back. We're fine. Oh, then you could give her the dirty cup then. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't use it. Don't she think was that about protects against like, why that. is this so dirty? <laughs> Jesus, Cassie. I accidentally stole a dirty pen's cup. Sorry, BGK. My, my mother avoided COVID with the vaccination, but she got malaria. So the dirty <laughs> cup, the dirty cup uh, did not do well. Well, oh, the ice, the ice in the background. Here we go. Oh, we love the ice. <laughs> she is Cassie Soto from Raiders.com. Don't trust any drinks she gives you. You never know what's going to be in there, like leftover ink from four years ago. Thanks, Cassie. <laughs> See you later. What are the odds? What are the odds? And I hope this is true more than anything. That people say, I thought you worked at the paper. I didn't know you switched to Raiders.com. It's all I want <laughs> in the entire world is for us to make. Just, I want a stranger to walk up and go, Millsy! Yeah, and have yes, Darren Millard's exactly. face just sort of drop. Yes. Yeah. Listen, we got to go to break. But first, we get to give out another haircut. If you want a free haircut from Floyd's 99 Cuts and Colors, now's your chance. You get a haircut, hot lather neck shave, and shoulder massage, plus a free massage shampoo. Valued at 29 bucks, Floyd's 99 Cuts and Colors. We will take caller number three at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 if you want a free haircut from Floyd's 99 Cuts and Colors. 
Cliff, I was wondering if you saw the Rams Malibu draft house and whether you felt like, A, that was a, a response to you from last year and whether you're disappointed that you're actually going to be in the uh, in the war room this year and won't get a chance to uh, spruce it up a bit. Yeah, I really think it's just a ploy by McVeigh to allow himself the opportunity to take his shirt off again and jump in the pool like he did on, on Hard Knocks. Um, probably sip a little rosé dip in the ocean and, and make some draft picks. So I think more than anything, he had that up. So it should be fun to watch. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. All right, very important that we keep covering this story of NFL players being allowed to change their numbers. Dalvin Cook wanted to change from 33 to 4. He is not going to do it because it was going to cost him $1.5 million because players that change their numbers have to either give two years notice or, if they want to do it immediately, buy out all of the stock of unsold jerseys that have been produced to be sold for like NFL shop or fanatics or something like that. So Dalvin Cook is going to stick with 33 because he'd rather hold on to his $1.5 million. Yeah, I'm glad we saw this, I told you, because I, the first thing I asked myself when you and I talked about the story is how much does this mean? And I and I assume fanatics, it's all supply and demand, uh, create so many jerseys based on the demand for them. I want more than anything for uh, Brady to go to 22 and then he'd be TV 22, but he'd probably have to pay like $5 million for his jerseys because I assume there's a lot more to him than Dalvin Cook. But I'm with Dalvin Cook on this. Look, I don't think I'd pay like $5. I, I, I just think it's completely stupid they're asking me to pay for your own jersey. So $1.5 million, it's just there's no way. Like I said, unless there's a huge backstory and a certain number, I can't believe this is that important to anyone where they're starting to pay a million dollars for this. So just looking like NFL shop and fanatics, Dalvin Cook jerseys are between $120 and $150. Bucks. So even if all of them were $150, that means there are 10,000 Dalvin Cook jerseys that he would have to buy out. Does that seem strange that there would be 10,000 Dalvin Cook jerseys laying around ready to be sold? Yeah. That, I that's mean, what I'm, I, these are opening up so many questions as to how many jerseys per the specific player Fanatics produces. I, 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 if you told me 10,000 or 5,000, like, I guess I wouldn't know either way. I have no idea how much they produce in terms of jerseys. Like I said, I imagine the most popular players, If put it this way, if Dalvin Cook has 10,000, how much does Brady have? How much I mean, does how, many, how many jerseys do they produce? I, I don't I don't have an idea. I don't know. Like I'm I'm confused as to how how quickly can you make these jerseys? Because I feel like you don't have to have 10,000 laying around ready to be bought, right? Well, you also have to remember that it's probably you have like a thousand laying around of his home jersey and a thousand laying around of his away jersey. So it's so probably where are the other where are the other eight thousand? Uh, salute to service, color rush, the Nike version, the Adidas version, the Mitchell and Ness version. There are not that many versions of Dalvin Cook jerseys. <laughs> I don't how many know. jerseys are there? How many jerseys there are flurry given they have like 42 colors? Yeah, I mean, well, that's and so if there's 10,000 Dalvin Cooks, do we really think there are more Tom Brady's or do they just have 10,000 of every player ready to go? Well, and that's that's the best question. I, I have no idea. I thought it was that was more supply and demand. Like if on a given year that you look back and say, hey, whose jersey sold the most, we need to make more of these or. 
they like you said they do ten thousand, and when they're getting close, they start doing you know they start producing more. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a certain number they do for most players, and then if they sell out, they just start producing more. Or but, all right. they're screwing them over, and it's like, oh yeah, you only have a thousand jerseys, but we have to do shipping and handling. And that's like that's something that you know you have to cover. We Wait, gotta box question. them up. If Dalvin Cook had done this, if he had paid one point five million, and there's roughly ten thousand Dalvin Cook jerseys out there, does he get them? What happens to these ten thousand Dalvin Cook jerseys? I mean, uh, knowing him, he probably donates them to charity. He's a no, but he might not. Does he get them? Does he even get them? Like he's got to buy them out, but does he physically get them? Oh, uh, it's a great question. I, I, if I'm giving someone 1.5, I want the, I want the product. Yeah, yeah. I do too. And then I I'll decide it. what, to, and I'll decide what to do with the 10,000 yeah. jerseys. I, like, I'm going to ship them to kids or whatever. No, I'm going to ship them all yeah. across the world. I'm going to be the most popular player in the history of the sport. <laughs> People who've never watched football are going to have a Dalvin Cook jersey. Just damn right. Find a list of everyone named Cook. No, specific- oh, that's a good idea. Yes, all the cooks in the world get their mailing address. We're sending you a Dalvin. Oh man. I am going to be so popular. There's going to be random Europeans. Like, I don't even know purple. I don't know what Minnesota even is, but it says my name on the back. Let's go. I actually think that wouldn't be a bad marketing gimmick. It'd be great. If, if some NFL team, like Trey Lance. All right, let's find everyone with the first and our last name Lance. We are sending them a, you know, a random jersey of him. And, and suddenly, then, suddenly he's the most popular player in the world. It's him, yeah. Messi, that, and uh, that would be bad for our spell. That'd be bad for some of our guys in our spelling bee. There'd be like three guys with those names. Jeez, oh, how many Gakways? How many Gakways? Ten thousand jerseys. He couldn't give those away. Well, yeah, that's true. And Gakko would be a little tough. But no, no, <laughs> you do it with Dalvin Cook or Trey Lance or something. And then every year, when it's not a pandemic. You invite all the Lances and all the Cooks or whatever your last name is. Do you have some off-season like get together and say oh, everybody, ooh. everybody, wear your jersey? Let's that, go. That's a great idea. The Lance family reunion. Everyone wear your jersey. <laughs> do you, Do you know how easy? If you're talking about an NFL player that we all know about that could do this in like five minutes, Jared Jones Smith. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how easily some dude could find 10,000 Smiths to give his jersey away? Now, none of them would have any idea who this person is. And we don't really, and by the way, we don't even really know Jared Jones Smith number if he has one at this point, but it would be very easy for him to get rid of those jerseys. He no, does. No. He <laughs> does have a number and uh, I can find it in about two seconds. Okay. Important question. Dalvin Cook has 10,000 jerseys. Are there 10 Jared Jones Smith jerseys in existence? He is number 72. Really? That's according to that is, that is according to RaidersStoreOnline.com. So that could be, you know, that sounds that sounds kind of like You can buy one? From what I'm looking at, yeah. Oh my did god. Did you Did you figure out if he has a bubble butt? Uh I looked at some scouting reports and uh I'm not I don't think the news is good. Well, how's this guy starting at right tackle then? Uh, he's got long arms. Oh, scouting this report. is going to be a disaster. You were supposed to be on Google Image Search and your own scouting report on his bubble butt. We don't need secondhand bubble butt scouting reports. We need to How are they going to win with the right tackle with a skinny Jones. butt? 